You know who I think is verified? Mm. I'm pretty sure Rachel Premack is going to get her a follow <laughs> on Twitter. We'll find out shortly, <laughs> I'm sure. Rachel, are you I'm verified? I'm not anymore. <clears throat> oh. I, I lost my verification. <laughs> so, Rachel, I hear the big thing is, is it's cool to not be verified. And I can't keep up with all these internet trends. I would like to be verified. It's just confusing. <laughs> I've been using Twitter in a way for the last 10 years or so where I, when, when I'm looking for people in the like replies or likes or comments or whatever, I'm like looking for someone with the blue check or if I see the blue check, I'm like, oh, okay, that's a real person. That's an actual user. Um, but now I don't know. No one knows who's real and who's not. Um, wow. but it's okay. Especially with the advancements in AI, you don't know who's real, who's not, True. what's saying thing, audio that yeah. might not be. In fact, this might all be AI, but it's AI that you should be tuning into <laughs> because, Rachel, we're talking about really a long history within the supply chain and within trucking. And we're talking about why we don't see that much unionization within long haul trucking. Can you talk to us about the overview that we've seen in this industry? And really, it kind of has a history that it comes from, right? Yeah, so one comment, so one question I get a lot from people is why or if there is a strong trucking union, um, are truck drivers unionized? And the answer is broadly no, most truck drivers are not unionized, although you know there are still a few Teamsters truck drivers out there. But generally speaking, um, most are not. And this is a massive change from you know much of the 20th century when most truck drivers were in a union and a lot of this stems back to deregulation um in 1980 in the early 1980s when after that deregulation passed a lot of those unionized trucking firms declared bankruptcy and the ones that replaced them were largely not unionized and better able to compete in this um more competitive uh landscape essentially one of the things that I thought was really interesting about the article that, that you wrote was that it was about, of course, it was supposed to be the, the free market uh, that was going to come after deregulation. And in effect, essentially the opposite happened when you had uh, a lot of uh, un, un, independent owner-operators uh, coming onto the scene and all of a sudden prices start to drop and they can't really figure out how to stay uh, in the league as, in terms of how much they used to make versus how much they were making later. Um, so in effect, is is a better situation right now for for everyone involved, the fact that we still have the same amount of drivers, but we just need a little bit more consolidation so that there are less offers for contract and, and, and so forth to keep rates just to that little bit higher. Yeah, that's definitely one argument. I think I think it's it's interesting to argue because on one hand, deregulation has made it possible for so many of these small businesses to come about, to flourish, kind of like the new, it's kind of like a way to chase the American dream is to make your own trucking company. Um, but it's, 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 it's kind of questionable for the whole ecosystem as a whole when you think about, okay, if it's so easy to start your own trucking firm that it results in layoffs and, you know, folks who are really unable to compete and unable to, um, make a business out of this because rates are just that low, I think that's definitely a question that um, some might have about this industry. And Rachel, when we're looking at um, overall deregulation, there was definitely a shift um, when it comes to where the power was to kind of where it is now and thinking about, of course, 
before um, deregulation and really the power seemed to be definitely with the carriers. Since then, definitely started to shift back into the hands of the shippers. Can you talk to some of how the pendulum has swung back and forth over the last few years and really what's been the biggest impacts from that deregulation decision? Yeah, I think that's definitely a good way to put it, that the power has shifted from shippers to carriers. Um, it's interesting because you, you mentioned kind of the last few years as well. It's uh, when the market's really good, when it's really when when rates are incredibly high, that obviously shows that carriers are still are being favored. And now, you know, now that rates have started to decline quite a bit and the economy is softening, we're now seeing that pendulum favor carriers again. But yeah, it's it, it's interesting kind of tracking that over time. A, another kind of thing that that kind of goes to what you're saying is that even though rates are no longer regulated, uh, many who study this industry would argue that we're not quite in deregulation. We're just in a different type of regulation. So instead of regulating, um, you know, rates and who can enter, we're instead having these stronger safety regulations or environmental regulations, which some would argue have the kind of the same effect as uh, an entry regulation as was the case uh, in the 20th century. But in fact, you know, we still do see hundreds of thousands of trucking firms uh, exist even amid these, you know, increasing safety and environmental regulations. Rachel, one of the interesting things to pull it back towards the union argument of, of your article is, uh, you know, talking about if there's more consolidation, obviously you get then the Teamsters would have more interest in trying to, to unionize more groups. Um, that being said, how come we haven't seen the Teamsters, say, for instance, uh, trying to or, or at least influencing those larger carriers where they do have, say, for instance, that more more so of, of a hold on on what they can do if they were unionized uh, and and be attractive as far as that concerned? I'm good. I'm, the question is really why isn't why hasn't the, the the Teamsters gone after these larger firms where they can get more truckers into? Uh, into a union. That seems to be something they've stayed away from even after deregulation. Yeah, that's definitely a good question. I mean, these larger firms are, uh, or, or, or rather I should say Teamsters has organized um, some of these large LTL firms, like Yellow was a good example of a, of a less than truckload firm that is still unionized. But how exactly to lead union campaigns among, you know, J.B. Hunt or Knight Swift or Warner or some of these other larger trucking companies, it's challenging because most long-haul truck drivers, I mean, one big barrier to unionization or organizing unions among truck drivers is that they're disparate. They're not just in one, you know, warehouse or office or whatever where you can kind of chat and get, you know, get kind of like a word of mouth going um, and, and you know, meet up at a bar after work or what have you and, and talk about, you know, one's concerns. It's everyone is is on, on their own in their own space. So that is definitely one kind of barrier to, to unionizing. The other is just the fact that, um, you know, if if rates were to raise at any of these companies to help pay for higher salaries, uh, they it would make them that much more challenging to it would make it that much more challenging for those companies to find customers to work with and because of the structure of trucking if one company doesn't want to move for the rate that you would like to offer them to move for um, you can just go to you know 
thousands of other ones who I'm sure would be happy to take that rate. So that's definitely one big issue with raising salaries for trucking carriers as a whole. And then, you know, as that next step, um, unionizing. I don't know if Teamsters has tried to um, launch any campaigns at these long haul trucking companies, but they have certainly tried at um, more of these drayage drivers, these port trucking companies, which is a little bit more easy to organize because they are all in one depot, you know, all, all centralized. Awesome. Rachel, thank you so much. Amazing insights as always. And of course, those looking for more updates around Rachel, where can they find you? Um, Cratewaves.com slash modes. You can subscribe to my newsletter there. Awesome, Rachel. We'll definitely have to check that out. And thank you all so much for tuning in for this segment. We're going to take a short break. We'll be right back with more Great Waves Now. Mm-hmm.